Chapter Nine of East by West: A Journey in the Recess, Volume Two, by Henry W. Lucy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: The Isle of Spicy Breezes. The children's hour has found a historiographer in charming verse, but I do not remember reading, even in prose, any account of the gentleman's hour on board a P and O steamer it begins at any moment after daybreak and extends up to eight o'clock during this time the quarter-deck is sacred to the tread of man there is no written rule to the effect that no lady is permitted or at least expected to appear on deck before eight o'clock has struck but so it is and this period of the day the pleasantest in indian seas has with characteristic selfishness been marked by the lords of creation as their own and they assume the right to pace the deck arrayed in whatever odd garments they may be accustomed to go to the bath in the pyjama is a garment composed of varied material but invariable in its ungainliness it is generally of flannel but may be of silk and consists of a loose jacket belted round the waist and a pair of shapeless drawers thus arrayed without shoes or stockings and generally hatless the gentlemen fresh from their bath or in preparation for it march up and down the deck with curious and not always attractive revelations of contour it is an old custom old almost as the birth of the p and o company and is one of the cherished privileges of the east indian if any one were to attempt to interfere with it the angry indignation which bristles round the ilbert bill would be but as a zephyr breeze the ladies sometimes whisper a protest but none have dared or have found the opportunity of raising a serious cabal against it it is one of the institutions of the p and o whose laws like that of an earlier empire alter not contemporaneously with the pacing to and fro of disguised judges colonels on leave civil servants and mighty merchants goes forward the cleaning of the ship every morning a p and o steamer is subject to a ruthless tidying up the decks spotless to begin with are scoured the paint washed the brasses rubbed the silver cleaned the saloon carpet taken up and shaken and the floor washed persons interested in the educational improvement of housemaids might do worse than send them for a trip in a p and o steamer if they would take back any infection of the thoroughness of the morning brushing shaking and scouring it would spread happiness through many households the plan upon which the vessels of this magnificent fleet get their morning tub is but an incidental exemplification of the system upon which the gigantic business is worked i suppose there is or certainly was before the german confederation became an accomplished fact many a kingdom the administration of whose affairs did not entail revenues equal to those embarked in the p and o company or require an equal measure of statesmanship for their direction in the harbour at colombo to-day there are three great steamers all belonging to this line coming from different parts of the world and going on various routes a fortnight ago there were six 
yet colombo is only one port of call and in all parts of the eastern hemisphere these ships are moving to and fro arriving on specified days and departing at fixed hours with the regularity of train on the metropolitan railway we sighted ceylon early in the morning and throughout a summer day with the sea-like glass and the sky sapphire we skirted the island passing poor point de galle now shorn of its glory and making for colombo which within the past two years has inherited the advantage and distinction of being the port of call for the p and o steamers passengers familiar with bishop heber's hymn went sniffing about in search of the spicy breezes that blow soft o'er ceylon's isle and were evidently disappointed at not realizing the dream of early infancy but the bishop knew what he was writing about and the spicy breezes are due to no effort of the imagination or exigency of rhyme captain atkinson of the verona tells me he has sniffed the spicy breezes when steaming fifty miles off the island it all depends upon the state of the weather in ceylon and the direction of the wind point de galle was abandoned as a port of call because it lies exposed to the ocean and with the southwest monsoon is too lively a place for vessels lying at anchor still less for those taking in cargo there is a breakwater at colombo which though it seems to lie low answers for order and affords safe and convenient anchorage for the largest steamers when we arrived off penang there came on board a portly gentleman in white ducks and sun helmet with an umbrella swinging in his right hand i thought he was the lieutenant-governor or whatever answers to the lord mayor in penang he turned out to be the pilot and leaning upon his umbrella was good enough to take the steamer to its moorings at colombo no pilot came off for more than an hour after our arrival another steamer had got just ahead of us and as the angered captain put it it seemed as if there was only one pilot in colombo when he did arrive his services were declined and the ship lay out at anchor all night we landed in the early morning adam's peak forty miles off shining in clear outline against the golden sky through which the sun was rising we crossed the harbour in a catamaran a kind of gondola of which the cingalese have obtained the monopoly and are likely to keep it the craft consists to begin with of the log of a tree roughly hollowed out on this is built a structure of pole and canvas which is in no part broader than two feet and tapers to the ends which are on the average twenty feet apart it is clear that a boat on this plan would not float a difficulty triumphantly overcome by attaching to it by two arched poles ten or twelve feet long a heavy spar which floats on the water this balances the catamaran and makes it seaworthy in moderately fine weather should the catamaran be caught in a stiff breeze the proceedings of the captain and crew are simple and efficacious if it is what they call a two-piecey man breeze two men climb over the arched poles and descending on to the spar sit there regardless of the raging sea if it is a three-piecey man breeze the requirements of the occasion are uncomplainingly met 
in a big catamaran with large sail hoisted scudding before the monsoon as many as nine men have been counted holding on to the spar apparently half the time under water our boatmen favoured by quiet weather sat one in the bow and the other in the stern and rapidly paddled us ashore they were fine-looking fellows with a full measure of the national love of jewellery and gay clothes both had massive earrings apparently of gold and one wore a silver bracelet on his wrist all the people in ceylon from babes just feeling their feet to old men and women their steps tottering on the brink of the grave wear gold and silver ornaments they even invent new places for carrying them and it is no uncommon thing to see a cingalese belle with the top of her ears covered with gold plate or wire a large pair of rings pendant from the lobes of the ear a gold or silver circlet round her hair her nose adorned with rings bracelets on her wrists rings on her fingers and silver plates on her toes this is the perfection of adornment but in one or other of the fashions or in several of them the cingalese woman of whatever station in life is set forth i saw running out of a house a sturdy little boy two years of age who had nothing on but a silver key fastened round his waist by a girdle of silver wire the men take their pleasure less expensively they delight in gold earrings and rings but beyond this are content to entrust the recommendation of their personal appearance to a fine tortoiseshell comb of circular shape set on the crown of their heads with the ends towards the forehead the men evidently pride themselves on their hair which is generally drawn back from their forehead and tied in a neat knot at the back as they wear earrings and not always whiskers or moustache it is not easy at first sight to distinguish man from woman the funereal gary does not make its appearance at colombo the public being served by a conveyance something like a dog-cart on four wheels with an awning indispensable protection against the tropical sun they are very cheap i had one for three hours for which i was charged two rupees a little over three shillings and was overwhelmed with thanks for a trifling and evidently unexpected pourboire the horses are poor creatures the real draught animal of ceylon being a plump and well-shaped little bullock these are yoked singly or in pairs to light wagons roofed with dried palm leaves and can upon occasion get up quite a respectable trot they are artistically branded characters being stamped all over their sides it is pretty to see a crawler a light palm-thatched wagon drawn by a pictorial bullock driven by a man in a red turban and white robes hailed by a native who gets in behind sits on the floor with his feet dangling down and is trotted off bishop heber's well-known description of ceylon as a place where every prospect pleases and only man is vile is open to criticism on both assertions there is much in colombo which does not please the town for the most part being squalid dirty and ill-kept the streets flanked by hovels comparison with which is to be found only in the south-west of ireland on the other hand both men and women particularly the latter are strikingly handsome 
it is not only their flashing black eyes their well-shaped faces or their graceful drapery that please the eye they have the rarer gift of graceful carriage a ceylon girl walks like a young empress if empresses are particularly good walkers i use the simile in despair since i do not know anything in common western life that equals or approaches the manner of the commonest ceylon woman in moving about the streets it is the custom in the island to engage women as street sweepers and in the matter of what mr turveydrop called deportment it is a liberal education to watch one of them swaying the long flexible brush of bamboo twigs both men and women chew the betel-nut which incidentally serves the purpose attained by other means by young girls in japan giving a red tint to their lips an effect in some cases by no means unbecoming in the country districts the men wear nothing but a pair of earrings and a narrow loincloth taken in conjunction with the tall palms leafless for twenty or thirty feet and then breaking out into a tuft of green leaves they realize with gratifying fidelity the picture on the cover of the juvenile missionary magazine in towns and near them men dress generally in a single robe thrown about them with infinite grace one colour frequently recurring in the gay procession was a dead gold which set against the tawny flesh and the straight lithe figure was a constant refreshment to the eye the first thing people do on arriving at colombo is to take the train for candy for which slight colombo may find consolation in the reflection that if candy were the point of arrival visitors would rush off to the railway station to catch the earliest train for colombo there is nothing particular to see at candy certainly nothing more than at colombo unless it be the botanical gardens but the journey through the country is well worth taking and affords a convenient opportunity of seeing the island this is not marred by any undue rapidity on the part of the train which takes four hours and a quarter to do the seventy-two miles it should be added that the gradient is for half the way very steep clambering the hills and presenting a splendid view of the country i suppose ceylon is green all the year round certainly nothing could surpass its verdure in mid-december at candy rain falls on about two hundred days in the year the annual rainfall being eighty-five inches this is a bountiful supply but the peculiar good fortune of ceylon is that it is pretty equally divided throughout the year unlike india the island knows no alternations of wet or dry seasons with the earth green for so many months and bare brown for so many more in october and november the northeast monsoon is blowing and in june when the southwest monsoon is taking its turn the rains are heaviest the dry season such as it is happens in february and march but even then the earth is at no distant intervals refreshed with genial showers ceylon like some other members of the colonial family has seen better days for some years past its coffee crop has been unremunerative and it is said many of the plantations are heavily mortgaged this year the hearts of the planters are cheered by brighter results 
there is more coffee but prices are low and on the whole planters are inclined with increased assiduity to extend the growth of the cinchona this tree from whose bark quinine is made was only a few years ago introduced into the island and great things are looked for from it tea is still steadily grown and holds its high place in the market rice is another product of which there are abundant signs on the journey from colombo to candy the hillsides for miles far as the eye can reach are carved out in terraces on whose level the rice is sown the water running down from the upper hills is dexterously trapped and abundantly supplies each step of the terrace an immense boon to the planter as the train slowly mounts the steep ascent on the level height of which stands the capital of the old candian kings the view grows in beauty sometimes closely verging on grandeur below a great dip in the circle of hills is the green valley with the water in the rice fields glistening in the sun beyond is a range of hills ever varying in shape as the train creeps higher and all the way sometimes within reach of hand is a tropical wood rich with coconut and banana trees glowing with the blood-red hibiscus fair with countless wild flowers and cool with fern-clad rocks down which musically trickles the bountiful water candy is a pretty town with its white roads its green foliage its flowers its lake and its sentinel guard of mountains in the native quarter though the streets are broader the houses and shops are not much better than in colombo anything in the shape of four walls and a roof will do for the singalese to live in the look of the streets is further damaged by the widely spread appearance of shut-up tenements when the singalese family go forth to their daily work they put up a shutter in the place where the door ought to be and all that is needful is done there being no windows to the houses a row when thus shut up looks like an agglomeration of deserted sheds the governor who seems to have been well looked after has a pretty residence here in a wood on an eminence overlooking the town a winding walk leading to the top of the hill whence a fine view of the town and valley is obtained skirts the governor's garden and is named after lady horton wife of a former governor the finest building in colombo is government house which with its lofty rooms broad verandas cool corridors and pleasant garden is the perfection of a tropical residence the artisans of candy turn out some simple brasswork and a curious kind of pottery these are soon examined and candy from a tourist's point of view lives chiefly on the beauty of its botanic gardens they are situated in the suburb called peiradenia and are reached by a drive of nearly four miles along the high road to colombo we drove out early in the morning long before the sun was in full blaze we met a long stream of men and women hurrying into town carrying baskets of vegetables and fruit and bundles of packets the principal industry on the long stretch of road appears to be the barbers there was a barber's shop at every few hundred yards 
a low shed in which a man was squatted on the floor beside the implements of his art awaiting custom sometimes with better luck actually engaged on a job the process is a little peculiar artists and subjects squat on the ground face to face and knee to knee the artist pulling the subject's head about as his convenience may require as frequently as not the cingalese does not squat on the ground but stooping down hangs his weight on his knees with only his feet on the ground i saw two acquaintances meet on the high road after an interchange of salutation they both sank down in this position and putting up their umbrellas prepared for a morning's gossip candy being the principal object of attraction for the british and american tourist has suffered the consequent demoralization of the floating inhabitants boys and men hang about the door of the hotel in search of any odd job that shall look like work and bring in honours another art brought to curiously high perfection is that of mutually helping each other to prey upon the foreigner being told that a small boy hanging about the hotel was a useful guide well up in botany and arboriculture i engaged him for the day and speedily discovered that he was utterly useless what's that i asked him pointing to a curious white flower a kind of flower he replied with perfect confidence and brimming over with self-satisfaction at coming out successfully from an early test what's that i asked a little later indicating an unfamiliar member of the palm family a kind of tree he promptly answered one of his minor triumphs was to point out what he called a bunyan tree meaning a banyan and once when we heard a familiar whistle and roar he with a wave of his hand towards the passing object said a train all of which made us glad we had taken a guide he accompanied us to lady horton's walk and had not gone many paces when we were joined by another youth whom our guide genially introduced and who accompanied us on the walk confirming the younger one as to this being a kind of flower and that a kind of tree when we got back to the hotel our budding courier said with a patronizing wave of the hand you give him something i said i would do so with great pleasure and consulted him as to the precise amount explaining that i had meant to present him with a rupee for himself and expressing my appreciation of his generosity in desiring to share it with his companion hereupon the youth's advocacy of his friend's claim abruptly cooled and i heard nothing more on the subject something better still happened on driving to the station the coachman drove off without waiting for his fare presently when we were seated in the carriage he sent a friend for his fare and the friend asked for something for himself for conveying the money the botanic gardens cover nearly a hundred and fifty acres of land and stand fifteen hundred feet above the sea the climate is admirably suited for garden cultivation being hot moist and very equable 
i learn from dr trimmon the director that the mean annual temperature is about seventy seven degrees april and may being the hottest and december the coldest months the gardens were established sixty years ago being partly formed out of a royal park attached to the palace of the kings of candy they are beautifully situated lying within a loop of the river musically named mahaweli which surrounds them on all sides except the south where they are bounded by the high road we took our guide with us but the little impostor was stopped at the gates as he knew he would be this is done on the principle of division of plunder the attendants within the gardens have the perquisite of showing strangers round and brook no rival near the throne it is a nuisance greatly marring the pleasure of strolling through the gardens for one cannot take a turn without being accosted by one of these men wanting to sell a handbook to show the fernery or presenting a flower or specimen of fruit with a too obvious eye for annas the gardens are however quite good enough to compensate for petty annoyances of this kind whilst rare specimens of tree and plant are lovingly cultivated the original beauty of the ground its undulating sweep and in some spots its virgin jungle are left undisturbed always there is the flowing river with the view caught here and there of the satinwood bridge that crosses it like a network of gossamer following the various walks there are found nearly all the choice trees of the tropics within view of the gateway is a magnificent group of palms planted more than forty years ago containing within its area all the native species and many specimens of foreign lands here is the talipot the aloe of palms which flowers but once and then dies continuing the round of the gardens we come upon the palm of central america from the leaves of which the panama hat is made here is the upas tree of java with considerably more than three branches and none of them cut down here is a magnificent clump of bamboo spreading outward at the top like a bouquet if any one cares to sit out a long summer day they may see these grow at the rate of a foot in twenty-four hours half an inch per hour on the left of the pathway are three mighty trunks dead to themselves but living outside with what looks at a short distance like masses of ivy but is a flowering creeper gemmed with a pale violet blossom here is the india rubber tree and importations from perak which yield gutta percha here their branches almost intermingling are the himalayan cypress the pencil cedar of bermuda the norfolk island pine and the champak of india sacred in the eyes of the faithful here is the coco de mer the columbus of tree-fruit which found floating on the indian ocean or washed up on the shores of ceylon was for two centuries a mystery to man till its home was found among the least known islands of the seychelles group the growth of the tree is as slow as its offspring is adventurous putting forth a single leaf a year and so taking something like an eternity to reach its normal height of a hundred feet here 
growing on the trunk of a tree is a fine specimen of the monstera deliciosa of mexican birth of which by the way there is a much finer specimen at chatsworth here is the candle tree of central america with its fruit hanging down like tallow dips ten to the pound here is a banyan tree whose branches cast a shadow two hundred feet in diameter here is the ceylon ironwood tree beautiful in life with its sweet-scented flowers its leaves born blood-red growing into green above and white below and in its death useful for household purposes here is a tree local to ceylon whose leaves serve with cabinet-makers the purposes of sandpaper and here the glory of the gardens is a long avenue of palms whose stems run up round and smooth as if turned by a lathe and are suddenly crowned at the top with a coronet of fan-like leaves everywhere there are flowers and sweet scent and here and there up trees of dark green foliage one comes upon boys beating with sticks at branches from which fall fruit the colour of peaches and something similar in size and shape as they fall they split disclosing the dark brown nutmeg bound in the scarlet meshes of the mace many of these plants and trees are to be seen carefully nourished under glass at kew but they look infinitely better at home in the clear atmosphere and under the sunny skies of the tropics End of chapter 9